yeah, you think you think you know what he wants to say, but you're not sure. Thank you. And uh, and then the words begin to come, and the dots begin to get connected. You go, okay, Lord, I think this is what you want to say, and I think this is what you want to do. So you guys, a lot of you guys were here last week, and you know what I shared about? I shared about uh, just being living stones and being added to a, a temple, a spiritual house that's been built up, built together to contain His glory. And I, each, of, each of us are living stones. So maybe just want to share a little bit. I know we've had a lot of announcements. It's been a little bit different. Hope we never, we never had that many announcements. We never talked that much. But, but it's good. It's life, right? You know, not every Sunday is the same. So it's okay. And um, so we go, I want to share a little bit maybe just of my experience of this past week at the, at the elders camp. So we get there on the Wednesday and uh, the very first meeting, the very first, like Andrew opens his mouth to begin to share with us and he shares out of, why don't you put Ephesians, Ephesians up, put Ephesians scripture. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with saints and members of a household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows in the holy temple in the Lord. That's what he starts with. And I'm sitting there going, it's just, just like, I said that three days ago to the congregation, like God, and he starts talking about this, about how each of us, the living stones, been added together and, and built together. And it did feel like that came up a lot throughout this whole week, how God is adding and he, he wants, his glory resides in this thing. And then Jeff gets up this morning and, he, and, he, and, he, and that word presence, presence, the presence of God, is we are people that are hungry for the presence of God. We want to build something that contains the presence of God. And that's it. His glory. And, and, and I just felt the Lord saying in that whole thing. It's like, I think you're, Ross, you're on the right track. I think we're on the right track. I think this is the Lord speaking into us. And as I, after last week and after this past week, just talking a little bit about the things I felt, I felt to maybe begin to get a little bit more practical in actually how that looks. I think I settled in our hearts last week that we are living stones, right? You guys know that now? You are living stones. Okay? And uh, you have been, now you're alive. You've been a new creation. And we've been added to something. But it's more than just that. Like we can kind of, that can kind of just be a little bit out there. You know, oh, that's cool truth. I want to hang on to it. But you don't actually know how to ha- hang on to that truth. You don't know how to do it. And be part of it. You don't actually know how to allow yourself. It's him who builds you in, but there is a sense that he, you've got to allow him to build you in. Okay, now how does that look and how does that work? And I used the analogy, I mean, last week I used a lot of uh, building terms and building analogies, and I might do a little bit of that again this week. I've been quite enjoying it. But I spoke a lot about bricks and lintels and that, but actually the, 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 the term and the, the language that used is not bricks. It's stones. And I thought a little bit more about that this week. The stones are all unique and individual. They're different sizes, different shapes. Not this one doesn't fit there and that one doesn't fit here. And it's not like a pile of bricks. We are absolutely not a pile of bricks. 
We're not all, we don't all look exactly the same. We don't all aren't cut all neatly and fit perfectly and come ready to be built in. We don't come ready to be built in, actually. How crazy is that? We come with rough edges, the wrong shape, the wrong size. Yet as a master builder, as a master stonemason, he builds with us. And I, this is actually, like, the more I think about my life, actually, the more I'm like, geez, there was a small part of my life that I actually owned a business that was called, the name of the business was East Cape Rock Packing. Okay, now that's quite bizarre. Like, okay, so I used to have a couple of guys that were stonemasons that worked for me. I had a, it was like a little construction business, but we specialized. Whereas you know what rock, rock packing is. So what rock packing is, is you, you know you walk into, it's almost like feature walls. You know sometimes you walk into a house and you see there's a feature wall of rocks that look like they've been balanced on top of each other against the wall. It's beautiful. You get different types. You get slate rocks, you get st- um, sandstone, you get all different types. You can hold different type of things. But I had a business, me and my friend of mine had the business, and this is what we did. Um, we actually did quite a few de- big developments. We did, the, the, as you come into the entrances, we did nice big walls for them. And then, so I had a little bit of experience with this. And I'm sitting there thinking, I was like, I said, it was quite an odd part of my life. And actually, God, you're using, you use that in this. I have an understanding of these things. Now, the guys that used to work for me, they, they were incredibly talented at what they did. Because not just anybody could do this. Building with stone is an art. It's not just... You know, not just anybody can, any palooka can do it. It's not, it's like, it's like building with puzzles. And, and if you ever try to build with puzzle and cement and make it all stick together, and then it gets heavier and hot, like, it's just, it's very, it's very challenging. So I used to watch these guys building, and they, there's a thing that, when a stone gets prepared to get built into, into a wall, it's called dressing, dressing the stone. And they would take the trial, the trial's that square thing sometimes, or a, or a smaller mallet or a chisel, and, and they would look at that rock, and they would look at the hole that they wanted to go in, and, they would, and then the rock would split open, and then they would chip off a little bit on the side, chip off a little bit on that side, and see does it fit, and that, yeah, a little bit more on this side. I like doing that, it's cool. <laughs> you like a sound of it. Are we, are we recording this? Oh, that's good. It's a continuation from last week, so I actually wanted wanted to record it. So now I used to watch these guys, and they used to dress those stones to fit perfectly where they wanted them to go. And I felt like the Lord speaking in this, and the practical side of being built into this living temple, of how He comes, and He shapes us, and He adjusts us, and he changes things in our lives. The Bible speaks about iron sharpening iron. We talk about all these things. But he comes and he actually, he works sharp edges off us. He splits us in half maybe. He, and we come with this preconceived idea of how we think we're going to fit into the wall. Or how we think we're going to fit here. And God is like, no, 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 no. I'm the builder. I will build you in. You know, there's that scripture. Is that scripture? I'm like, way all over my notes now. Um, is, is a desire. Let's have Isaiah 45 9. Woe to him who strives with him who formed him. Woe, that's like cursed that person. It's a warning. Don't fight to the man who formed you. Don't fight to the person who formed you. We're speaking about God. You're a pot among earthen pots. Does not the clay say to him who forms it? Sorry, does the clay say to him who forms it, 
what are you making? Or your work has no handles? So in a sense here, does the pot say to the potter, hey, I got no handles? No, he doesn't. He can't. And in the same way, we can't really say to God, I don't want to fit in that hole. I don't, I... No, he does it the way he knows is best for us, actually, because he's the one that builds. He's the one that puts us together. And it's quite, like, I was thinking about it a little bit. You know, we, we come, sometimes we come with, sometimes we come even with ministries. We come with what I can bring into the kingdom, what I can bring, and it is cool. I mean, it's noble. It seems noble, and it is actually noble, because we want to see the kingdom advance. But we come, and this thing becomes our shape. And we don't, we don't get off our shape. We hold on to our shape. And if we don't fit into that wall, we move on until we try and find a wall we fit into. But that, that is not God's way. God's way is come, submit and yield, surrender, let Him shape you, let Him put you into the wall. That thing that you bring, yes, it may be good. Yes, it may be of value for the kingdom. Yes, one day He might use it, but let it go. Let it die. Unless a seed falls to the ground, it will not produce fruit. It dies. That seed's got to die. What does it produce? Hundredfold. Yeah? 30, 60, hundredfold. Unless it dies. So we come with these preconceived shapes and ideas in our mind of how we're going to fit. And the Lord says no. So part of that shaping, part of that whole molding is allowing and surrendering and allowing ourselves to be transformed. That's a key word, transformation. We spoke a little bit about this weekend, and maybe this is a little sideline thing. Like we often, we were just talking about altar calls and, and, you know, does somebody get saved in a moment or is it a process or like how does it all work and whatever, whatever. And I was thinking a little bit about it. Salvation is transformation. It's not actually, it's not actually a, a transaction. I'm not involved in that transaction. It was a transaction between God and Satan, and Jesus was the price. Now I'm being transformed because of it. And I think we sometimes, sometimes dull it down just to, uh, okay, I've made it, now, now that's all happened. No, there's an upworking of our, as we remain in Him, as we move forward, as we get transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Now, I used the scripture last week, it was 1 Peter 2 verse 5, when it said, He is the stone, the living stone, like Him. I'm just paraphrasing here. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built. Can you go, sorry, one? Scripture before that, that's it, yeah. As you come to Him, a living stone rejected by men. Now, that's Jesus. A living stone, the living stone, the cornerstone, okay? In the sight of God, chosen and precious, the next scripture, you yourselves like living stones are being built into the spiritual house. Okay, so what is, what is, what are we called to do? We're called to become like Jesus, to look like Jesus. Christian means little Christ. It means to emulate Christ, to emulate what he did. And if he's a living stone, the living stone, should we not be the same? So there's this, yes, I lost my train of thought now. <laughs> Jesus the stone, the living stone.
Thank God, sir. So if Jesus, could, if Jesus laid it down, you see, he came in and he said, Father, not my will be done, but yours. If he did that, if the, the, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the King of all creation, all things were created through him, if he did that, who are we to go, no, I'm hanging on to this shape. I'm going to be this. He comes and he says, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. And he surrenders and he yields. The same one, we need to come, as we come into this, as we allow ourselves here, we allow ourselves to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. What, uh, Corinthians, what's that scripture in Corinthians they gave you, I think it is? And we all, with unveiled faces, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from one degree of glory to another. From one degree of glory to another. So there's something of us being transformed and changed and shaped into the image of Jesus as he fits us into this wall. It's good. It's amazing, eh? Dave, what do you want to say? Let me, can I keep my train of thought? Okay, just, let me just keep my train of thought. Hang on, Dave. (laughs) So now, You know what, Dave? Come, come share. I'm going to move on from this now. I'll let you share with me. Why not? Hi, I'm Dave. The word says the stone the builders rejected was the chief cornerstone. But it was actually a keystone. Because all of the old buildings were archways. I'm a civil engineer. An arch is a perfect structure, perfect, because it's always in compression. But the keystone rocks it at the top, and that is Jesus. And the stone the builders rejected was because of the Jews rejected Jesus. He is the stone. But I just want to come back to what Ross is saying. The Lord said to me one morning, I want you to study the tabernacle. I said, oh, it's a tent in the felt, in the felt but I want to watch it. And I was amazed. Because the tabernacle is a reflection of the body of Jesus. And so is the temple. The temple was a fit. That's why Jesus said, I'm in my Father's house. But he said, don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You, you, you. Every one of us are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus said, come to me and I will come into you and you come into me. And that's the mystery that Ross is talking about. Thanks, Dad. It's actually very helpful to have architects and engineers and people that, yeah, that actually understand those things. They can sometimes put, they explain them well. So let's, you know, as we, there may be just one more story, something I've noticed, um, and before I move on just to the practical things, is I've noticed, you know, even as we, 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 we're part of a, a field of churches called 412, we see apostolic, apostolic leadership, apostolic governance, there's something of health in these things, and we had joined ourselves to that, we're part of that, we led actually by the apostolic. And I've seen, as I've had conversations with men, men who lead churches, men who lead a lot of people, men who lead movements, 
And now sometimes in them there is a fear to join themselves to something because they think that what God has called them to do is going to be nullified in a sense. Or what God has called them to do is going to be squashed. And the truth is, when there is help, when the things are God's way, and you bring yourself into something and you add yourself to something, when it's health and when it's His way, actually what it does, it, it elevates that which is from the Lord. It may die for a season, but then God raises it up. And it actually, it's almost like getting a shot of steroids. To that. So say, for example, a gift offering. A gift will come and they will surrender, they will submit themselves in to something. They be, might be quiet for a while just to, just to be a faithful servant in the house and then God will begin to raise the gift up. And all of a sudden, it, it, it is an enlargement because it's been done God's way. It's been surrendered to Him. Do you see that? This, and, I've, and I've noticed that speaking with men often, like guys, they, I've seen guys that don't even want, they don't want to add their, or bring their church into 412 because they're worried they're going to lose what they feel God's called them to. But actually they don't understand that if they bring it in, that actually God will accelerate that which He's called them to. And it's just this, this if we need to settle that in our hearts as well, is we're not going to lose that which God has called us to. He's going to give us more. Because we do things in His way. So I want to I want to run through a couple. I'm going to be really really practical. I mean, actually, this is a great morning to talk about these things. We've got the camp coming up next week, and it's even one. That's one of my examples. It's a great thing. And I hope I stir enough stir enough in you to actually everyone to be there, or everyone who can possibly be there to be there, because it's part of these things. But let's before we even we even get down that road, I want you to know that. As we work through these things, that don't let condemnation settle on you. So if I say some things that are like, oh my goodness, he's talking to me. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, then so be it. Do your best to adjust. Repent. Don't, I'm not talking to anybody here. No, I'm not, I haven't thought of anyone. I'm not talking to anyone. There's, I'm doing what the Lord has told, told me to do. I'm being obedient to Him. I'm not scared of you guys. I'm scared of Him. I want to be obedient to Him. And this is the way he wants to build his church. So I want to share with you guys just a couple of things as I've been thinking. How do we actually allow ourselves to be sharpened and added in that we'll see what he wants to do within us? So let's have a look quickly. Um, what did I do now? First of all, point number one, you've got to be around. Right? You've got to be around. If you're a stone that's going to be built into a wall, you've got to be lying next to the wall to be built into it. If you're not there, you're not going to be put into the wall. That means it's common sense. Like, you understand what I'm saying? And very often we can position ourselves not within, so we don't, we don't even allow ourselves to be built in. So I love, where's Jen? So Charles and Jen sitting there. I love Jen has this thing, this saying, she says, just show up. And you shared it a couple of times. And I love that saying. I love that saying. Because God has brought so much breakthrough in her life. So much adding into family. So much but just showing up. Just coming. Just being. Pushing herself in. And it's actually become an anthem for her. Just show up. Because she's realized the value in it, actually. You see, we can't complain that we're not part of something if we're not there to be part of it. Make sense? 
Okay, it's not a heavy or anything, it's just kind of logical. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The other thing is where do our priorities lie? Okay? The Bible says seek first the kingdom and all these things. The, the kingdom is, should be our ultimate priority all the time in everything, every area of our life. Now how... How do we get built in if we're not seeking first the kingdom? If we're not prioritizing kingdom things first, okay? And I think what we do like to do, and I've, what we do like to do is we like to separate kingdom from life. Okay? You guys do that. I know you, uh, you guys don't do that. You have your church in the one block, maybe Wednesday night and Sunday morning. Maybe you've got one or two friends you see here and there. Then you've got work in another block. Maybe some of you have work and social in the same block because you've got your friends with your work friends. Or maybe some of you have got social in another block. And you kind of keep all these things separate. And you spin this plate. And then you, you know that ter- terminology of spinning plates. You know what I'm saying? You guys know what that means? You all know what that means? You know in the circus clowns, they keep them going? That's kind of what you do. You like maintain this little check box, you maintain this little check box, you maintain that one, and that's my life. Kind of goes around. But that is, do you really think that's what the, the kingdom that God has called us to? If he's building us together to hold his glory, if he's calling us to be kingdom seeking people, first seeking first the kingdom of heaven, we can't actually do that really. I, I mean, I, we can try and justify it, but it just doesn't work. Like, <laughs> it's just not true. So you can lie to yourself. But that's not seeking the kingdom first. When we separate the things, God is called, he, Jesus is part of every area of our life. And you may say, yeah, but um, I'll bring him into that area. But do you really bring him into that area? Do you really? Because if you really bring what is, what does he say? Love one another. Because I love you. Like, you can't, you can't separate all these things and then just see it here. Just be part of it here. So there is a sense of I think there is a a church culture that has been a lie, a lie that has been believed in the church today that we can separate these things. I think traditional religious church has enforced that lie because I see it. I see it played out. Suit and tie, go to church on a Sunday morning, different life on a Monday morning. And unfortunately, we've, I think we've all bought into that in a sense, in a measure, just might look different, might not be as blatant. We've got to be careful. We've got to be aware of these things. We've got to be like, hang on, if God has added me to this temple, if he's added me or to this house, to this family, how does it... And now, look, there is a balance to this. I'm not saying walk away from all your old friends by no means. Like, I'm kind of, sorry, all my points are seeming to come together. <laughs> So let me, let me try and keep it a little bit more. So I think, where, where are your priorities? And I want to ask you this, maybe. Yeah, let me share a little story with it. You can't trust your own thoughts and own heart when asking yourself that question. You know that? You're blinded to it. Your heart's given in to the life that you're living, so you don't really... I mean, maybe you might get a glimpse of it. If the Holy Spirit's convicting you now, then great. But generally, like, we're kind of blinded to it. So I might even be speaking to you right now, and it might just be going over your head, because 
You're blinded to it. So what, that's part of the kingdom is being accountable and submitted one to another, having people speak into our lives. So I want to encourage you, allow people to go and ask people, ask them what they think. Say, hey, and I've done this before. I've got before friends and say, hey, what do you think of our life? Are we reflecting the kingdom in every area? Do you feel like we part? Or do you feel like we are maybe absent? Are we being built in or are we not being built in? What is your take on it from a, a, a neutral perspective? What's your take on it? And it's very helpful. I, uh, interesting, my brother sitting here today. So, so when we, um, it's 10 years ago now, 11 years ago, 10 years ago, when we moved to Mossel Bay, they were still leading the congregation there. And me and Margo had just got married. And I remember, it was our first year of marriage, and we had felt the Lord had called us to Mossel Bay. And I very clearly remember having a, well, my brother having quite a strong conversation with me, saying, listen, Bru, we've been there a couple of months, we're kind of enjoying the lifestyle, we were there, we'd go to church, we'd go to community, but like we weren't, we weren't actually working in the kingdom to see a return, to see an increase in the kingdom. We were just there. And he came to me and he's like, what are you doing here? Like, why did you come here actually? You're like only a brother can do. Do you remember that conversation? No, he doesn't even remember. He doesn't even remember the conversation. But actually that conversation shifted my life massively. Now I respect and I honor my brother. I look to a man that has led his family well, that is an incredible family. Like, I, I see fruit in his life. So I'm like, okay, hang on a second. He's talking. He's speaking into my life. I think I better listen. I went to Margo and I said, listen, I think we, um, we're just we're floating around a little bit. It's like, come on, we need, to, we need to plug in, actually. We need to build into this thing. And uh, we did. We intentionally did. And then I think you gave us, did you give us young adults to lead? Monet. I think Monet took over leadership. Yeah, just, just around about that same time, Monet must have, I don't know if you guys had a conversation. Monet came to me and he said to me, listen, we would like you guys to run with the young adults. Will you do it? And we said yes. And that was, the, that was it. The rest is history. <laughs> but there was, a, like, there was a part of it, our life, that we were there. It was just so lacquer. It was so easy. We had friends in the church. We were part of church life. But we weren't building. We weren't allowing ourselves to be cemented in. We were kind of, you know that rock that's not cemented in it? Wobbly. And... Um, yeah, I was just thinking of it as I was preparing. I was just, it was quite a, it was quite a moment for me. And so it's not like you guys, are, if you guys, if I'm speaking to you now, it's not like you're alone in this. I experience this too. I'll probably be called on this on my own life at some stage in the future. Like, hey, come on, <laughs> do something, build a little, you know? Because we, we kind of get a little bit distracted and, you know? Am I making sense? Am I making sense? Don't just say yes. Say like a meaning. <laughs> so we're talking about priorities. So if we call to build this house, and God's adding us into this house, like now, for example, I've, I'm with Brian and leading worship. I've called the guy, asked the guys in the when is it next week, two weeks time. I've got a worship meeting. I put it on the worship group, guys. I've got a worship meeting. This is an important meeting. Because we're going to set vision for the year. Oh, there's some things I want to, I want to work into the team. I want, I want everyone to be there because God has entrusted us with the area of worship in this congregation to build into it. 
Now, if you don't rock up to that meeting, I'm just using an example now, if you don't rock up to that meeting, how are we going to build? How are we being faithful with what God has entrusted into our care? Like, it's just a clear one plus one isn't equal two. If you're not there, we can't do it. So it's, it's how do we build together? And if we don't prioritize it, if it doesn't become the most important thing, actually, then it's not going to ever be the most important thing. Anything will be able to dethrone, like move that thing out of the way. Uh, a friend is down from Timbuktu. I haven't seen them in a couple of years. I really like, it's like, that's great. Like, maybe try and arrange that you can see them before or after. But this thing actually is part of the kingdom. God has entrusted you with souls and an area of his body and his building that he wants you to grow in. You hear what I'm saying? You guys hear what I'm saying? It's not, not, it's just the way we look at these things. The way we, the weight we give to these things as well. Because we're not, remember you're not doing this for me. You're not doing this for the person sitting next to you. You're doing this for Jesus. This is his body. This is his house. He wants, he's the one that builds us together. You, you're beginning to see I'm just the one going, guys, God's calling us to do something. <laughs> Sometimes you get irritated with it. You've got to check your heart with Him, not with me. I'm just telling you the truth. The Bible says it. Eh? The Bible says it. <laughs> Even, there's an opposite. Like, I, mean, I think this is a great example. This camp, actually. Now, like, don't, don't, let's not get all funny or legalistic or anything weird about it. But here's an opportunity. He has an opportunity to build a relationship. If you just are like very casual and blase about it, well, then you're going to not feel like you're connected. I mean, there's nothing I can do about that. You're not going to feel like you're built into something. This is, I'm not saying just because of the camp. I'm just using it as an example. You hear what I'm saying? It's an opportunity to build into family, to build into relationships. Where's Lisa? Lisa, I love the saying, she's also got the time in the saddle. Relationships come and are built over time. They don't just happen overnight. Unless you expose yourself to the people around you, and, un- and I get it, it's uncomfortable, it's not always easy, we haven't got electricity, <laughs> making small talk, especially if you don't know anyone. It's awkward, right? Imagine rocking up there, you don't know anybody. Like, I get it. It's awkward, but unless you expose yourself to that awkward, that first awkward time, you're never going to get more. You're never going to break through into more. All right. Okay, let me share, let me share that. So Joss has got a good point here. She said, and, I, and, I, and I'll maybe I'll bring this in. I'm, I like, I'm just, I'm telling you guys the ideal right now. Remember that, like, you guys know me, man. I love you all. I'm gracious. God's gracious towards us. The circumstances, situations. Like, Nikki even just came and spoke to me before. She, she spoke to me. She opened up. It was a dialogue. Like, we understand because we account for one another. So something might shift in a heart. You go, actually, maybe, like, I have got some other stuff on it. It is quite important. I'm going to still do whatever I can to get there because I just want to, don't want to be there. Like, FOMO. <laughs> and that's how often I often feel I've got to that place where I'm like, I don't want to lose out. 
because I know God's got something for me here with you guys. I get to see and experience some of His glory as we actually we gather. So there really is, there, there is that. So I want to, where am I now? Talking about the camp. Opportunities. We've often, we've talked about building relationship, building friendship. You know, I was, I've, uh, I've just come back from down the coast. We were on holiday and I stopped in at, at uh, Mossel Bay, saw some old friends of mine. Then I came back, saw you guys, and now we've been at the elders camp for the last week. So I'm actually, I was standing in the elders camp this last week, looking at everyone around and realizing that we've got a lot of history here. It's a lot of history with people. And history is a special thing. Like, it deepens a relationship. But there's something, Margot bumped into an old friend of hers on holiday that she's known for. How long have you known friends now? 25 years? 30 years? 40 years? Hola. <laughs> She's known her forever. And they don't see each other, they don't speak to each other, but there's history there. It's such an easy relationship. It's like, like it's just amazing. And when you come, like, so I know I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yes, that's cool, but there's something different. Like right now, what we do is we're making history. We're making history together. We're going to sit in 10 years' time, look back, and go, hey, now we've got history. And I, I, I thought about that. I went to Mossel Bay and I saw some guys that I have history with. It's such a draw, it's such a knitted, it's, our hearts are knitted. It's because we've got history together. Then I'm sitting over the table with some guys at the elders camp talking about them feeling on the outside. They're struggling. They're struggling with relationship. They're struggling to be part. They're feeling like they're a little bit on the outside. And I said to them, listen, you've got to fight in your hands right now. You're fighting to make history with us. In 10 years time, we're going to sit and we're going to laugh about this. And something clicked. They were like, yes. I realized that relationship takes time. Family's instant. We made, we, God is our father. We're instantly family. We added into family. Relationship takes time. And work. It does. It does take work. As the Bible teaches us about a life together, it encourages us to find unity and oneness and belonging. It's the Bible that teaches us these things. Maybe my last, my last point is we, I, also, we do also do this. We, we get to a point where we become comfortable. We become comfortable with the friends we have. We become comfortable with the, the, the routine that we're living. And we actually don't want to reach out further than that. We've got enough friends. We've got enough on our plate. I don't need to make more friends. I don't need to... I don't need to we built more relation into this thing. I'm quite happy where I am. And it's a, it's a very dangerous place to be. Because the kingdom is not ever just maintained. It moves forward. God is adding to us. And you called to draw other people to build those relationships, to build those things. So these are some of the things that I, like, I've just, I kind of just rushed over them. I did ask Margaret, we were chatting a little bit, if, I, if she had, because she's a great sounding board for me. If I'd missed anything or if you'd felt anything that you were just going to fill in. So I don't often ask, I mean, is there anything else that you want to do? Am I right? So I have kind of just bounced along through some of these things. But I hope I'm unearthing some of our thoughts, actually. It's not up to me. You've got to look to Jesus because he's the one who transforms you. 
You've got to get before him and go, Lord, I see that. Ross had a point there. Yes, I do kind of feel like that sometimes. Okay, well, I, I see though the truth. I know, I know we are in this because of you. I know you're adding us into this thing. Okay, Lord, I don't quite feel it right now, but I'm going to surrender to you and I'm going to yield to you. Um, will you help me? I'm Holy Spirit, will you help me? Change my heart. That's it. The kingdom of God is where he's king. So is he king in every area of your life? Even in allowing friendships, allowing yourself to be added into building. So I know this has been like super practical. I hope. Has it been practical? Has it been practical? Because I, I think as we build, as we move forward, we've got to take, we've got to look at these things carefully. Because we're not, we're not just... We're not just playing church, guys. We can't compartmentalize our church life with life out there. We're in the kingdom all the time, everywhere. You've got to ask yourself a question. It's a good question, actually. You can ask yourself, where are the majority of my friends? Where are the majority of my friends? Who are the friends that I'm spending most of my time with? And I'm not, don't hear what I'm not saying now. I'm not saying discard your friends. But if all of your time is spent out there, you're never going to build friendships here. It's, again, it's quite simple. It's quite logical. If you don't put any time in the saddle here, as Lisa would say, you're never going to have it yet. And you can carry on coming on a Sunday and enjoying getting blessed and goosebump here and there and jump up and down and worship. And but the thing is, we're a family. And actually, like, to be honest, we're not that great when it comes to all the things. So like, why would you, why would you come here then actually? If you're not finding family here, if you're not adding yourself here, well, I don't know why you would bother to come. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> because this is, that is church, man. That is the kingdom of heaven. Like Jeff said, talking about camps, and stuff, that is church. I've preached the word, actually now. Somebody the other day asked me, I was in a conversation with them. They said they're looking for a church where the word, like, it's strong in the word. I was like, okay. I know what they, I know what they actually say. They're actually looking for a teaching center. They want good teaching. I hope people come in here and they find a church that's strong in the word. Living it. Amongst us. The word at work. In us. We don't, I haven't got eloquent words. You guys have got to live it. I can't live it for you. I'll try. I'll live it for my family and myself and I'll try and model it as best as I possible. But you're the one that's got to live it. You've got to give yourself to Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, well, how do we end? How do we land? You want to say something? Go. I said, I wanted you to say um, I'll try and keep this short. Just a little testimony of um, when I came to Josh Jen, I found it to be a very, very clicky church. Um, they were always doing everything together. And, like, I didn't like that. I like to have, that's my work, and that's my work friends, and there's my varsity friends, and that's my family. And I go to church on a Sunday, and I go to church on a Wednesday. And they're always inviting me to these things, but I... 
I was like, why do we have to do everything together? <laughs> and Chad actually knew me at that stage, so he thought I was very flaky, because I was. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't coming, and I was, I was not actually dying. I wasn't allowed myself to be built in. So there's the wall full of stones, and I would, like, come stand around the wall, but I would never allow God to actually build me in. Then I would be like, if somebody in church bothers me or offends me, I just move to my work friends. And if somebody there offends me, I work, I go to my family. And if I'm upset with my family, I can move back to my church friends. So it was like, I could pick and choose like where I place myself and where I'm comfortable. And as soon as I don't feel comfortable, I just move on. And um, I actually left Josh Jen. I, not offended, but I was like, I want to go overseas now. And I don't, I don't think I even told anyone I'm going. I just went. So I was completely not built in. And the thing is, if you're not built in, you're not part. You're actually not part of the family. And like Ross was saying last week, no weight can be put on top of you. God can't trust you with anything. Because if you decide to remove yourself, what's been built on top of you just crashes in. So anyway, I left, I went overseas, and eventually we met, and we got married, and we moved to Marcel Bay, and I was still had that attitude. Like, I'm not coming here to die. Like, the church is there to serve me. I want to go on a Sunday, and I want to get something that's going to make me feel good. But if anything makes me feel like I've got to give up myself, that's uncomfortable. And I used to go to meetings, and like, why do we have meetings on a Sunday after church? The weather's beautiful. We could be on the beach, you know, and we just carry on, and I never get to the point. But actually, it was family. Like, we were having discussions. We were having time in the saddle. But even though I was there, my heart wasn't there. So now I was coming, because he's, I'm with him. I'm there, but my body's there, but my heart wasn't in it. And then at one stage, I would, I think I still spoke to Nikki, I've got no friends here, and, <laughs> but I wasn't giving myself. And then at one stage, and we were in Marcel Bay for a number of years, maybe three or four years, or maybe less, I can't remember, but God gave me this picture of the steamroller, and he said to me, this is the church, and I was like, exactly, this is the church. It's going to run over me and flatten me. And God's like, unless you fall on the stone and be broken, the stone is going to fall on you and crush you. Unless I gave of myself, die to myself, die to what, like what I want the church to serve me, but I allow myself to be broken, unless I do that, it's actually going to flatten me. And I realized in that moment, God was saying to me, get on top of the steamroller, because it is moving. It's not going to stop. Jesus is on the move. His church is on the move. And if you don't get on top of it and move with it, like that stone, Jesus, the cornerstone, is actually going to crush you. So I just feel like if there's, if there's anyone here today that can relate to that, like you're here, your body's here, but actually your heart isn't here yet. You haven't actually come and said like, Church isn't about what I can get on a Sunday. It's actually giving of myself, being built into that wall that eventually God can place other stones on top of me. And like, there's a weight to it. But <laughs> his yoke's not heavy. His yoke is easy, his burden is light. Because we yoke with the Holy Spirit. So when you do it, the Holy Spirit comes and he helps you carry that as Jesus starts building on top of you, as he can trust you. You carry that, and it's actually, it's a glorious thing. It is a glorious thing, and it's funny, there's this paradox of, it's work, and I say, 
heavy, but it's not because it's in Him. And in Him it's not heavy and it's not hard. You actually begin to find joy in life in it. And I can, I can testify to that because there's nothing more that I find more, that fills me with more joy to see this happen. Because it's His pride. It gives you a love for His pride. So if, maybe just as I've been sharing this morning, like maybe the Holy Spirit has been speaking to your heart. Maybe He's just been giving you a little bit of a, just an insight into things and areas in your life that He's wanting you to change. Or He's wanting you to go, hey, yes, actually, I haven't, like I've been here in flesh, but I haven't been here in heart. And you're wanting to just give yourself to that. You want to stand with me. Because I'm going to give myself to this. Uh, this is, I want to give myself to you, Jesus. This is about you. So if the Holy Spirit's... Maybe, you know what? Let's do this. No, I'm not going to do this. I was going to say everybody can stand. But if that's you, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you in areas of your life that you know you need to surrender to Him, you need to give over to Him. Instead. Instead. You want to be built into this beautiful thing called the body of Christ. If you want to feel and experience and see His glory reside within us, we don't always know exactly how. Just stand, just say, Holy Spirit, just come and show me. Just come and show me. Come, Holy Spirit. I just want to pray for us. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Lord, we know that you're good. And that you love your bride. We are here for you, Jesus. We're here for you, Lord. You're so good and so gracious to us. You love us. You're so understanding towards us. That you've called us, chosen us, you build us in. And Lord, I know that sometimes things block our vision, sometimes things distract us, they cloud our, our sight. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and you would break those things, that you would give us vision, you would give us the ability to see, the ability to do that which you've called us to do. But Lord, let us not forget it's in you, for you, and by you. Jesus, you laid your life down for us. You were on your knees in the garden, crying out to the Father, going, Lord, not my will be done, but yours. If there's any other way, but not my will be done, but yours. Our Lord, I pray that that same heart would be in us. That not our will would be done, not our ways would be done, but yours. Come and transform our hearts. Holy Spirit, come and transform our hearts. Come and renew us. Come and shape us. 
and cement us in. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for family. We love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So maybe just, you know, I don't want to just do this for the sake of doing this, but I never want to let a moment go by. I don't know every single person here. I spoke about it last week, and the reality is that unless you have a relationship with Jesus, unless you've surrendered your life to him, unless you believe with your heart, you cannot actually be part. And if I've, as I've been speaking, there's been something in you, a desire and a longing to belong and to be part, but you don't know how. You've actually never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You've never... That price that I told you that was paid for, that transaction that happened between God and the devil, Jesus, the price. You don't believe in him. You have never received him as your Lord and Savior. If you've never, been, if you've never done that, I don't want you to leave here this morning without, if your heart is going, I need that. I want to give you an opportunity for that. I want to give you, I, want to, I would love to speak with you. I'd love to talk with you about him. I'd love to bring you, usher you into his kingdom and allow him to transform your heart on that journey. I'd love to pray with you. So if there's anybody like that here now, you can, if, if your heart is bursting out of your chest, just come now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Just, lift your, just come. Just come stand in the front here. We, we, we all want to pray for you because it's, it's, it's an incredibly beautiful moment. It's incredibly Because it's the moment the beginning of the rest of your life. It's the moment of the beginning of that transformation starting. It's a regeneration of your heart. You're no longer dead. You're now alive in Christ. If you make that decision, if you choose to follow Jesus, if you choose to surrender your life to Him, but there comes a moment where you've got to make that decision. You've got to make the decision to start walking with Him. And that moment could be now for you. So that's you. Then, it is not. I believe everyone here is saved. And knows Jesus. And it's a good, it's a reason to rejoice. Amen. Bring your friends that don't know Jesus. Because <laughs> we want them to get saved. Because he is amazing. We love him. Amen. All right, guys. Communications during the week for the camp. No church here next Sunday. It's on the camp. We're just going to be together. All right. Remember that? Big